Hi guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm your host, Yanaya, and today we are here with Erin Deering, the co-founder of the famous bikini company, Triangle. Yes, Triangle. Together, her and her co-founder were able to build the bikini company to a valuation of 200 million and their Instagram to 3.4 million followers in just three years with a cult status. Trust me, they had a cult status. I was part of their cult. <laughs> it was during this time that Aaron discovered that, quote, having it all came at an immense personal sacrifice. The company had reported selling around 45,000 bikinis a month. And in 2019, both co-founders were ranked on Australian's rich list with an estimated net worth of $35 million. She walked away from Triangle at its peak and embarked on a period of intensive self-work and discovery. She is also the author of Hanging by a Thread, which is currently ranked as the number one autobiography title in Australia. Erin today is here to tell us about her journey, her story, and everything in the middle. So Erin, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you say hi? <laughs> hi, thank you for having me. That's a nice little intro. <laughs> <laughs> all from you, all from you. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into it, why don't you give us a little rundown of who you are and what you do in your own words? Yeah, cool. So I'm 39. Um, I founded Triangle with my co-founder when I was 27. Um, I am Australian. I'm have lived here my whole life, except for obviously after we had the business. Um, I've worked in always worked in fashion, always worked in retail. I have four children. I grew Triangle to be a bit of a. We weren't expecting it to be the business that it was. We we only had aspirations to sell one bikini a day because it matched our salaries that we were on in our old jobs that we'd left behind in Melbourne. Um, and it obviously overtook that really quickly and took us by surprise. Um, you know, I think like we were quite a unicorn story. And I think a lot of the reason why is because it was literally Craig and I, and we just did everything ourselves for the pretty much entirety of the business. Um, and it was really exciting. It was really hardworking. It was really exhausting. And I exited the business about five years ago now. Um, Craig, my co-founder and I were romantically together so he was we were, we were business and romantic partners which is always <laughs> a challenge um at best of the rest of times it's a challenge um and so we separated I exited the business I moved back to Australia because we were living overseas um met my now husband had two more children I had two with Craig I now have four um I wrote a book this year I've had this has been a really big year but next year I'm launching a new business and going again so as much as this year it was really crazy and big and, you know, I kind of look back on it already thinking, my God, I feel like next year is going to be even bigger, which is very exciting and something I'm so ready to get back into. Can you give us a little sneak peek as to what the new <laughs> It's so funny because when I left Triangle, I was so exhausted and burnt out from that business. I was adamant I would never have a brand again. Like I, like it was never, it wasn't a maybe, it was a absolutely not. And I would, I would mildly sort of when people would ask, I'd be like, oh, I don't think so. Inside my head, I'm thinking, no, never, <laughs> never. And I did move into mentoring, advisory work, consulting work mm -hmm. um, for other founders and other, you know, businesses here in Australia and overseas. Mm -hmm. But I realized I had a bit of a burning desire even only this year, really, to to start a business again. Um, working on other businesses gives you a lot of insight, you know, into how it operates. And a lot has changed, but not much has changed. And I love marketing. I love the consumer behavior side of it. I love the psychology of business and fashion. So 
that's what I'm doing. I'm moving into fashion. It's going to be apparel. So I'm moving away from swimwear. Craig still has triangles, so I would never compete with him. Wouldn't be the right thing to do. Um, and plus, I'm a bit done. I'm, I'm a bit over swimwear. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, yeah. And it'll be women's women's apparel. So it launches in our spring next year. So in sort of end of August, early September. And it's full steam ahead. I went from sort of thinking it would be a fun side project to start a brand to now it's my absolute number one priority and I it consumes every thought of me every day long. It's like triangle obsession 2.0, which is I think what happens with founders and entrepreneurs. You just, you never lose the desire. I think you just sometimes park it and push it away. But now that I've embraced it, it's completely oh it's it's overtaken everything else I'm like oh gosh it's like running I'm like you know it's like so exciting and I just want to just I just get so excited to work on anything with it so that's really nice because it's taken me a long time after triangle to get back to this place that's amazing congratulations August that's actually that's coming so soon and here I didn't Mm -hmm. say that just makes me so excited because that's also fashion week time which I think is just going to be amazing for you so congratulations Yeah, thank you. Thanks. It'll be very fun. Yeah. What is what has the process been like working on that so far and different, like as compared to Triangle, especially? What oh, the- so different. I mean, firstly, having a co-founder. So I'm in two minds about the co-founder thing. And I think it's just a, you know, a test and a trial for people because I loved having Craig as my co-founder and hated it all at once. And I needed him to be my co-founder because he'd had a business before and I hadn't. So what he taught me was so important. Otherwise, we would have been two bumbling fools not knowing what we were doing. He had some level of, of you know, and not to the, not in swimwear, not in a business that we set up overseas. He'd done a business in Australia and we were in Hong Kong and we started Triangle. So that was amazing. Um, having a co-founder is incredible and challenging. It's so hard because you butt heads usually with your co-founder because ideally you find a co-founder that's, kind of different to you because if you find someone that's exactly like you, you both are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't, you know, there's no, there's no like clashing to get the best result. And Craig and I were so different in pretty much every single approach to the business that we had. He's very design focused and I was very marketing sales focused. So it was always like he was thinking of just designing these bikinis and I was thinking of just getting the customer to buy them. So whilst that's a great pairing, it also was just very different ways of working and thinking. Um, and this business is just me. So that's great. At the same time, when you don't have someone to hold you accountable, you have to hold yourself accountable, which requires a lot more time and thinking and riding an emotional wave with decisions that you make. Because it's very easy to just think blue sky. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's going to be amazing. And we're going to, and then, you know, you're going to run into potential problems as you always do. But when you have a co-founder, A, they're with you on those problems and B, they're probably highlighting the potential problems to you. Um, so it's really exciting to do it my own way because there were so many things at Triangle I would have done differently. And that's not to say that they would have been great. It's just to say that it's nice to have the full freedom and autonomy to do what I want. Um, and I'm just building out a team really slowly. Triangle never had infrastructure. So it was Craig and I doing absolutely everything for the almost the whole time in the business. We had a supply chain team. We had, um, customer care girls in the Philippines that worked with us but it was really Craig and I doing everything else. And I'm setting up a full team around me, which I'm very fortunate to be able to do. I have the resources to do it and a lot don't, but 
I'm setting up a team because I don't want to work 20 hour days like I was at Triangle. And I don't want to get to a point where if you do scale and grow quickly, you are not supported around you. And then you have to hire too quickly. You have to hire without really thinking about it because you're just desperate for people. I'm going the other way around where I have the team. I'll have a team of five. Um, and I've taken a really long time to find them, to hire them. I'm building out all the, you know, they all start at the, the start of next year and I'm really planning their arrival into the business. Like really, really, because what I want for me selfishly and what I think other people want as well is a beautiful place to call home in terms of their business and like where they work from in business because we're at work a lot. Yeah. And I think we all had the pandemic. We all worked from home. People loved it. People didn't. I think the people that loved working from home had terrible workspaces. And so I want, even though I have the flexibility where people can work from home when they want, I would never enforce people to be in the office always. I want the office to feel like a creative, beautiful home. So that's really selfishly something I want because I need to get out of my house to go (laughs) and work. And then I want the people to work with me feel that as well. So, so many things are different. It's setting it up in a completely... I, you know, I, I've never, and Triangle wasn't this either. I've never wanted to start a business and would never start a business with the intention of selling it or exiting. Um, I get that people do that and I'm okay with that. It's fine. It's each to their own, but I want to have this business for as long as I can until I retire, you know, because I want to work every day on something that I love or things that I love. So with that mentality means takes the pressure off scaling quickly, takes the pressure off having to grow really fast. It just means that I can get into this business. We can launch our product. We can learn and we can start to build from there. You know, I don't have any intention of getting into this business and and go, and and hitting at the top and keep going up. I'm happy to get in there, launch pretty quietly in a way. I mean, it's hard because I'm a, a marketer. I like to launch big, but, you know, not put the pressure on, getting sales immediately because you've got to, you've got to earn the trust of a customer, you know, and that's going to take time. So knowing that I have time because I want to have this business for 20, 30 years is like very relaxing to me. And I just don't want stress in my life. So having a new business has to be set up in this way because I want to actually enjoy what I'm doing. I love this. And I, I, there's so many things I want to touch on and I'm going to jump around a little bit here if you're okay Mm -hmm. with that. But I think that that concept of having stress in your life, like this is why you also wrote your memoir, right? Like this, how you felt in that business as opposed to how you want to feel now, having the tools, the resources to build out something that is actually, you know, something that you're going to treat like it's your kid. Like you're not, you don't want to get sick of it, right? You're going to have it for the rest of your life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. too. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I, it's just so different. It's it's how I always felt that when I was little and I perhaps had aspirations to, I never had aspirations to have my own business. I had aspirations to work for someone who had a business still in a, in a smaller kind of company. Um, just I was young and I probably was just setting my bar at a more reasonable like level, but I always believed that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I always wanted to work for people that, that had this long-term vision that, that did things in this way you know I don't I don't want to I I don't want to be known as like I'm not interested in kind of wanting to be this big leader and like do and and sort of like this aspirational person but I do know that I've gone through so much with triangle and you know at the age of I'm 39 and I've done so much already in business that it is really lovely to be able to bring a team in to pass that on to and to work with on it and to learn more because the growth I've had in 10 years 
has been so astounding and so incredible for all the bad and good of it that I just think, my God, well, I have to make the next 10 years as as juicy and as informative <laughs> as possible for me because then when I'm 49, oh, my God, I'm going to know so much and that thrills me. That's what I'm, like, driven by is thinking of Erin in 10 years and how much more I'm going to know about yeah everything it's like that's why I want to have a business is for that selfish reason of that because it's just that's what we're here for in life is to just learn a bunch of stuff and make mistakes and do well and not do well and grow and have fun and that's it it's really really it we can have our businesses in whatever industries and we can go into work with whatever you know whatever it is but that foundational learning growing evolving piece is really truly all the matters so you know, the business is kind of like that is sort of secondary to what I want to do in a way. It's the vessel for which you will do yeah. what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think this whole concept of, you know, learning, continuing to grow, continuing to learn past school, past whatever, it's, I feel like a, it's, it's a, it's a much more new notion. You know, I, I think for a, a long time, it was just kind of like, let's, let's, let's go to school, get a job, stay there for the rest of your life. That's it. Time's up. Yeah. It's- yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's this, it's like, and I say it a lot at the moment, there's like, we're in this new age of business we're on the, the real cusp of it, like the real cusp of it. Like we are literally at the start of a shift. I feel where, People are kind of, people have realized this for a while, like, oh, wait, you know, I don't have to, you know, go to school, go to college, go to university, get a job, work in that job, maybe change your job once or twice, retire, and that's it. You know, we're all thinking, what do I want out of life? And I think it's been such a blessing to have this decade of social media and decade of, I guess, chaos that's come with that, where a lot of people have lost themselves through that platform of kind of like, maybe I need to do that and maybe I need to do that. And now it's so chaotic and there's so many ways you could go, you know, with business and with life and with spirituality and with relationships and with this and every, there's so many people to pay attention to. It's chaos, right? And it's like, you say one thing that you believe in, like I'll say to someone, oh, I don't drink coffee anymore because coffee something. And someone's like, but coffee is actually the best source of this. And, and then someone's like, yeah, but, co-, and you're like, there's so much information that everyone is starting to go, only I'm going to know the answers for myself. And that is what's happening at the very, we're the very start of it. And it's the most beautiful, I guess, awakening. And I know that was a bit of a, you know, but it kind of is because we're all starting to go, oh my God, like this, like I'm just now going to self-reference because I'm too confused. Like for me, it's like, so do I drink coffee or not? Or like, do I, do I like use that marketing strategy or that marketing strategy. And it's like, what do you want to do? What do yeah. you feel like you want to do? And so people having this real ownership over themselves is going to grow and grow and grow over the next few generations. It's like I have four children and people always will say, I'm so scared for my kids, you know, and and, and they're like, are you scared for your kids? Because the world's crazy right now, right? Like it is, it's nuts. And I'm like, no, I'm excited for them because we're rock, we're rock bottoming now. Like this is where yeah. it might get a little bit worse. But you know what happens at a rock bottom? The only way is up. So like my kids and then their kids are going to have a way better experience than we are if we can keep educating this self 
referencing kind of, I guess, like sovereignty of self of being like, I know what's right for me and I'm going to do things based off that. That's like new age business to me, which is so off, totally on a tangent with it, but it's, um, it's the only way to be. I mean, I just, you just see it with every single decision you make every day. It's like, like, Oh, I don't know what's right. I don't know. I don't know. You know, wild. It is. It is. And I love like this, this whole idea of like, you're saying, listening to yourself, listening to, listening to what you have to say about what you're dealing with and not listening to Sarah or Mandy or, you know, Instagram or this TikTok or that, you know, what is right for you? Only you will know that at the end of the day, no one else is going to know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, the thing about it is that most people don't even know what it is that they want yet that's the thing right like I'm in a place I've done a lot of work on myself because I did a rock bottom after triangle so I had nowhere to go but up and work on myself because I was so miserable yeah and that solid work on yourself which is really tough it's like therapy it might be spirituality it's whatever you want to do that's because you feel like crap every day and you want to feel better so it's it's like now that I'm feeling better I know how to self-reference because I've done that work on myself to be aware and to not and to you know and just to know I just I just know I've done enough work on myself to know how to self-reference to know that people are going to judge you anyway and only do what you want to do but most people who haven't done any work on themselves don't actually know how to think for themselves which is really scary but that's where the real change is able to happen if enough people talk enough about this and, and probably to be honest not even that it's going to be the world is going to get worse and worse until yeah. more people start to go I think this working on yourself might be good <laughs> the world's crazier and I'm getting unhappier and more people are going to start to be like there's a link there's a yeah. link there's a link here between a collective group of people that are unhappy with themselves and the world being in a state that it's in right now you know and so I think more people are joining the dots slowly slowly but surely surely. (laughs) yeah yeah can you tell us a little bit about your journey on how you really learn to listen to yourself because especially I think for women these days it it is hard Mm. like it's it's much easier said than done just to be like you have to trust your gut but how do you know what to trust how do you know yes there there's several voices in your head right there's several there's there's you're telling yourself several things, whether or not that's a result of other people telling you several things or whether that's just because yeah. of your own, own internal dialogue, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, the way I learned to do that, because at the start of it, you know, the very start of my journey of working on myself, if someone, I was that person, I was like, I don't even know how to listen to this gut. Like this gut is chaotic. It's te- it's it's telling me a million things. This like it's bad. It's telling me to go drink alcohol. It's telling me to just keep endlessly spending. It's telling me to be toxic. It's telling me all these things, and so it, it it's like an indirect way that you have to get to that point, you know. Because when I sit here now and I'm so comfortable in my skin and I love myself more than anything, and I because I, because of the way I love myself, I'm able to give to others in that selfless way. It's like I'm selfish first to be selfless kind of mentality. That came by not seeking that out directly. I wasn't like going, okay, I need to learn how to do these things and be better and self-reference. It wasn't like going in with that goal because that's the finish line. And that's almost like the indirect result of this work that you do on yourself. And the work that you do on yourself is essentially 
looking at all your terrible, bad behaviors, your awful thoughts that you have about yourself, these patterns that run because our brain likes to have this great memory of bad patterns and remember them. So it's like that feeling when you get up and, and or like, you know, someone doesn't want to exercise in the morning. And so they refuse to get up and their body's telling them they need to, you know, all these things or someone that wants to like reach for a drink every day at 12 or they want to, and then, you know, all, all these patterns and they get into relationships and they cheat and all these things, right. It's going and actually having to say, this is going to really suck and it's going to hurt, but I have to voice and bring up all these awful things that I feel about myself and the way that I see myself and the way that I see the world. Because as soon as you get them out and you start to talk about them and you release them, the truth kind of hits you in the face. And you realize as well, especially when you do the more spiritual work, that you are an amazing, great person and that you are actually just dealing with a bunch of stuff that we all have to deal with. And it's ego and it's, you know, it's just the human experience because it's very natural for humans to avoid uncomfortable things by distracting ourselves. And that's where you get into the problems. Absolutely. And that was all, that was where all my problems came from. It was just distracting from things. It was at the time, because you're young, you know, and some of these things come from when you're a kid and they're small things. And you're like, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with that. You know, it could be something like as simple as, you know, you see, and these are like stories that actually I've read about that are like well-referenced. It's like when you're like seven years old, you see your parents kissing or like having sex or something accidentally. And it makes you, you're so embarrassed. Your parents don't talk about it with you. It gets like pushed under the rug. This is like, and then you, you turn into a teenager or an adult with intimacy problems who can't like, like, and I was in a very similar way. My parents were never open about sex with me and talking about that. And it wasn't bad. It was just that generation was very much like that. You know, like it was like, you know, instead of penis and vagina, it was like we like doodles and like wee-wees and like all these weird innuendo-y things. So I turned into this teenager with no real body autonomy, no real like kind of understanding, very like shy, very intimately, very, very like, and it wasn't how I felt like at the time I was a teenager that was just like very like you know I was really interested in boys and like I wanted to explore but I had this conditioning and this pattern of shame because you know and like that is one example of so many small innocent things that happened as kids that as an adult you have to deal with number one and then to break the cycle if you want to for a ch- for your children you have to be like really open about it you know and you have to sort of like you know my husband and I will like we'll 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 make sure that we're not like intimate but like we'll you know we'll 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 make sure we're affectionate and loving and you know if if my son who's almost nine is like oh like he'll be like that's gross like we're like why is that gross and like even just that just that discussion of like it's not gross you'll get it when you're an adult like you'll get it when you're older like we like each other like we have we have like and you talk kind of like like I have a crush on like on daddy and it's like it's that these small things that that we can do to kids to break the cycle, but also that as adults who want to know how to work on themselves, these are all the things that you got to work on, and they're yeah. simple things. Like everyone worries when they talk about childhood trauma, right? Because everyone thinks, "Oh my God, something might have happened to me when I was like three or four years old, and I don't remember, and it was traumatic." And childhood trauma is literally maybe seeing your parents kiss in the hallway and feeling embarrassed, and your parents didn't say anything. Some I had someone that. She had all this trauma from she was trying to tie her shoes when she was like four years old and she was trying to get it right. And her dad like snapped at her and was like very innocent and just said, like, you shouldn't know how to do that by now. You're four or something. And that was a trauma that she carried on. 
she felt abandoned and like my god I've said hundreds of things like that to my children so like these are all things that are normal that people when that when you've got to do your work on yourself it's just unlocking these weird subconscious things and unconscious things that we're holding on to as a belief yeah. system that really shouldn't be in there as a belief system because they're really not that's how that's why that's what working on yourself is it's having the therapy or doing the spiritual things to unlock it and as a as an indirect result of that is when you start to really feel free within yourself and love yourself and learn how to not be affected by people around you because they have nothing to do with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like even your husband and your kid, like they don't actually have anything to do with you in a way. It's just you and you have a choice, you know, and there's so, and of course that's, I don't, I don't walk around in a monk like state at all, but (laughs) I know foundationally that's the truth and that's what sets me free. And that's how I can walk through my day knowing that I'll make mistakes, knowing I'll get it wrong, but having the freedom to be able to move through it and work through it as best as I can because I have now the skills to do so. Yeah, I'm sure that took a lot of time, but it's interesting Mm. about, right? Yeah, it still does. I still do it. I mean, I'm still working on it. You never stop. It just gets easier because I did four years of really intense because that's like all I did for four years. I didn't work. I just like worked on myself really. And it's now more like upkeep and maintenance more so, you know, at the moment. There might, but that, that's not to say there'll be nothing that happens that will not need it. There might be. But at the moment, like most of the hard stuff I've worked through. Of course. It ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows, as does everyone. Yeah, it does. Just to think about your childhood and what you think may have come up then when you did some of this work were there any patterns or things that you noticed in your own childhood that you found affected the way you show up with yourself in your business in everything yeah mine was definitely like a self-worth issue and it was funny because I had a really strong belief of myself when I was younger yeah um and then somewhere it got conditioned out of me I think more so as like a teenager potentially um I have no I've done a lot of work on it and I can never pinpoint what it is and any incidences, it was just an overall conditioning that happened as I got a bit older. It was probably just, I would externally reference a lot. Like I was, I always wanted to be the best, very competitive. And so when I wasn't the best, that was really soul crushing and like very hard to kind of, I guess, process as, as a teenager, you know, I, I wasn't the best at anything and that was really hard. So like I carried that kind of conditioning and that belief of I wasn't really worthy because what was I the best at you know like there were other people around me that seemed to be the best at this and the best at that and I wanted to be but I wasn't yeah um and that was just something that really stayed with me so I never felt worthy of the things that kind of came into my life and I would do a lot of self-sabotaging behavior to sort of um especially in romantic relationships to sort of I didn't believe I was worthy of loving so I would try and prove to like I would do things to then then be like, well, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I'd be like, see, you don't love me. And they're like, no, it's just because you are the toxic person. And like just silly things like that that came from an unconscious belief system that I built in at some point in my childhood where I just didn't feel worthy of love, you know. And like a lot of it, you know, a lot of it does stem from the mother, which is kind of makes sense because the mother's the nurturer. Um, and like my mom was great. She was fine. She was probably, she was of her generation of women that, um, probably never did what they wanted to do. They were never fulfilled. Like my dad worked, my mom stayed at home, probably pretty unfulfilled. 
try to navigate that as best as, as she could, but you can feel this is why I'm so like obsessed with being selfish as a mother, because when you feel that unfulfillment and as a child, you feel everything. Yeah. And when you feel that your mom is unfulfilled in her life, and it's not about you, but by part of her unfulfillment, she resents her family. She'd resent everything around her. And you feel that, you know? And so I then probably really, it was like I wasn't really worthy of, 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 of you know, like I didn't feel loved. It wasn't that. It was her own stuff, but she was projecting it onto me just through energy. Like it yeah. was not, she wasn't me. She was lovely. She was always there, yeah. but she wasn't there. Yep. And it's why as a mother, I, my my most important task as a mother is to be happy because all they want to feel is safe mm -hmm. and all they want to feel is loved and they will feel that if I feel that about myself. Absolutely. It's like very, very simple. It's very simple. But a lot of women and mothers especially, but women, we find that very, very hard to love ourselves. Yeah. It's just like it's just we've had, you know, like it's not, it's not even mothers, it's just women. Women. It's we're, women. Very, we're very, very, we, we think we have to abandon all these incredible traits about us, like emotional and being nurturing and being compassionate because apparently we're meant to sit in a boardroom and act like men. And it's like, well, not really because our compassion and our nurturing side is why we're superhuman. It's why we're the better gender. Like it really is. It's like the biggest trick of the patriarchy is that they made us believe we weren't the superior gender. Like that's all, that's the only thing. I don't care about the patriarchy. I'm not like against it, whatever, <laughs> like men cool. But that's the one thing I'm like, they tricked us. Did. Because like we have babies. Like cool, you have your little bit. Like we literally give life and we, we're we nurturers and like it's Mother Earth. It's not Father it's Earth. It's not Father it's Earth. Mother Earth. It's Mother Earth. They're just, I swear, like scared of us. Yeah. And so like, it's that, and they've done a really great job at putting us against, pitting us against each other, you know, like having this like low vibrational kind of way of being and that's shifting as well, but it has to shift in a loving way. Like it's not us versus them. Oh. It's us coming together as us because the men will benefit from us realizing how incredible we are I as well. I agree. You know, I have three boys and like, they're, they're like they will not grow up with that mentality at all of thinking like that because they're going to grow up with an incredibly hardworking, powerful mother. Yes, who has compassion and is the is the center of the home, and is going to give them every chance to be the best person that they can be as well. Like and for men to to unlock their compassion as well. Like I mean, you just look, it's like the state of the world is in is in the way that, because it's run by men. Like you know, and it's just like and yeah. and it's. It's, I know a lot of men think that that's just so like us versus them and they say that, but it's just like, but it's just the fact. It's just like, it's that's the fact. That's the truth. In that vein, I don't know. Have you heard of Eve Rhodesky Fair Play? No. You should totally search her up. She wrote this killer book on women's roles in the workplace and how, and it's just this whole concept of how women are really, really undervalued. And you think about GDP and you think about the domestic labor they do, and it's not accounted for. None of that is included in GDP. None of that is included in these huge, huge economical factors. And I don't know, I think you would really, really like her work. Women are, same thing. They're pitted against each other. You're, they're disempowered and in reality it's because like men are scared <laughs> they're just scared of what no like literally it's literally it's like it's so obvious and it's a tricky one because 
you don't want to hate men for it, you know? Like I don't, I'm not like, I wouldn't be out there being like men because I have a husband and three children, you know? (laughs) But it's that thing where it's like, it's like, you know, you like you like you, that's the reality of it. They and it's not it's not my children and my husband that think that. It's just the yeah. it's conditioning that they've had to just assume power. You know, yeah. like my like my like I have had this business and it's been incredible and it's afforded me all these amazing resources. And yet, you know, like my husband still is the one that like I still have to get called up when a kid's sick. And it's like, and he's amazing. So like he is like available, but that the school will call me, even though I'm like, I had this conversation with a, a friend of mine who's a doctor and she said the same, she said the same thing. Like her husband's a stay at home dad and he's number one on the call list. And when a child is sick, they call her and she's like, I am not the primary caretaker. Like it's my husband, like it's their dad, but like, like it's just so ingrained in people that the, 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 the man is to not be bothered and the, the female is the one. And it's like, well, no, because we're doing everything already. Like we're yeah. doing more. Yeah. Like, we we're are. doing everything. Yep. Yep. That, I hope that shifts. That's like a lot. That's like that I think will be one of those things that just indirectly happens through everybody self-referencing because I think the more people really go within and kind of work on themselves, the more I think women will unlock their power. Absolutely. Um, that, that, that women have like there's not many women like me and it's funny because women are like how do you do it all and I'm like because I because I want to yeah because I believe in myself because I love myself and I know I can and I think it's like I don't think that I'm special I don't think that I have more ability than than the majority of women out there I just believe that I can do it and I just do it I'm just like it's almost like something wrong with me where I'm like no I'm not falling into a I'm not falling into a role here like I'm doing this yeah. Um, and I don't I have a few friends that are like that. And it's like I think the more women that start to empower themselves through small ways as well, like small things, you know, it's not like crazy. It's like just carving that time out to go and exercise or like carving that time out and like really, really fight the urge to like be selfless, the more that will impact it'll like have a ripple effect into the world. It goes back to what you were saying before, being selfish to be selfless. Yeah. Yeah. First, you can't feel anyone else's. No, like, I mean, the, the more, like, the more selfish I am, the more I'm able to serve everybody else. And it's like, it's just the most common equation for me. It's like, duh. Like, what, like why would I, like, what, what can I do when I'm not serving myself? Like, how can I give you anything? I have nothing to give. Like, I'm empty. Because I'm so drained myself. So how can I take yeah. care myself? Yeah, and then it's like, and then I'm going to hate you all for taking <laughs> the, that I actually probably desperately need, but I can't. Like I have to give it to you and I'm so mad at you for that. Like I had that relationship with my children for years, like my two older boys. I was just like so much resentment, you know, and it's like, yeah. And then as soon as, and you know, and like, and they would feel like they would, I would feel bad about like going anywhere and they would cry and it'd be like, uh. and now, you know, and that's like, obviously they do that when they're little, like at two, like I'll still cry when I leave the house, but like when they get older and they still do it. It's because they feel unsafe because I'm so unfulfilled. I'm resenting them. They feel unsafe, so they're nervous when I leave. Whereas now, if I go anywhere, they're like, "See ya." Yeah. They're like, bye. They're still a bit sad because, like, they you know they want me to be around, but they get it. Like, yeah. They really get it, and they're really happy for me. And yeah. they're like, "What are you doing?" Like, and they want to know what I'm doing. They're like, what are you? Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you? And I, and I tell them. So like there's no adults versus. It's almost too much though because my eight year old is like why why do you get to talk like tell, like set rules and I don't and I'm like ah we've gone too far in this like 
free house kind of situation. I'm like, because I'm the parent. I know I feel you, I tell you everything and you're considered equal, but like I am the parent. Like I am the one that puts the, you know, I mean, and they're so beautiful. Kids are so beautiful. I think if you really listen to them, they can, they can, they know the secrets to the world. Like Oscar said last night in bed, because I lie with them usually at night and we just chat. And he's like, do you just get so tired? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because you have to do everything. <laughs> and he's like, because we really appreciate you. It was just so, yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, you know what, darling? I do get a bit tired, but I choose to do this and I love it. Like I look, cause he's like, cause you do a lot, you know, you work and, and you, and you also, you're here and you just do so much. And, and I'm like, I know, but I'm really happy. Like I'm, and I'm like, do I seem happy? He's like, yeah. But it's that thing of like, he's almost questioning it because he doesn't see that I'm tired. He's yeah. just like, aren't and I'm like, well, no, like, yeah, a bit, but like also no, because I love this so much. Like I love what I do. I love working. I love being a mom. And it's like when you have, when you see them do that and like say those things and you just like, you know, you're on the right path because you're like, great. Like they see it, but they don't see it because I'm screaming at them. I do everything for you. Oh. You know, oh. they see it because they're making their own assumption of how, look how much mom does for us, but also she's just cruising. Like it's just like, it's kind of like, are you good? Cause <laughs> I'm going normal. Like I'm not really like, they're not seeing that as much, you know, in their world. They're yeah. seeing more of a traditional dynamic still play out of like, you know, the wife and the and the and the husband and the mother and the father. So it's really nice to like be breaking that mold. That's amazing. I, it's just this whole concept of like people do treat their kids like they're less than. Not that they're less than, but you know, it's just a sense of I know more. I mean, I think we've all heard that narrative at some point in their lives, whether we've experienced yeah. it or we've seen it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, are you yeah. treating your kid like that? Like that's your kid, you know? Yeah. But- at the end of the day, like when you treat, at least I feel very grateful in that. I feel like I was, my parents, they yeah. always answer our questions. They yeah. encourage us to ask more. That's why I do, that's why I do this, right? I've never, yeah. it's never been like, oh, that's a stupid question. Or why do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. It's always like, I mean, when they, that's my biggest thing. It's like when they, like I, I give them the respect that they deserve because they actually know more than me. Because if you think about it, they are way closer to source energy if you really want to buy into the spirituality of it all than we are you know I'm 39 I'm far away on either side <laughs> like, I'm in the middle I'm like the most disconnected they are so close to that like energy for they're so close so like they get it they know you know it's like like they they really they really really know and if you if you if you really do listen to them and encourage that and and you are giving them the greatest gift and you can only do that when you have done so much for yourself already that you can show up for them because you've done your stuff for you. It's the only way. Like I can sit with them and listen to them talk and not feel irritated because I've done my stuff for me. Like I've allocated that time or I know that time is coming or, you know, and that only comes, like I can't manifest that or cultivate that in my life if I'm not, I can't trick myself into it. Like if I haven't showed up for myself, I cannot show up for them. Like I'm just not built that way. So I know I have to spend my days doing what I do, doing what I love, and then I'm so excited to hear what they did in their day and I don't have to think about my day because I've had it, you know, and that's like the best the best feeling like they're so when you do when you I went from someone who really 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 didn't like being a mum and I I wanted to escape them at all times and like I wanted to just like 
I looked forward to like not having them around, you know, because yeah. I was like that was the only time I could have time for myself. Whereas now it's just like it's just both sides are perfect. Like I just I love hanging out with them. Like they're so and there's four of them, so it's pretty chaotic, but it's it's like it demanded me like it's like been demanding for me to go and work on myself like and and take that time for myself because I have to do it for them absolutely like you can't fake it yeah no this is not one of those things that you can fake it till you make it because it's about how other people Mm -mm. yeah yeah you gotta just like and you gotta and I think the key for a lot of women will be to like take that first step of admitting that they're not like they're not happy or they don't really like their kids much they do you know and like you can not like your kids without and like it's not about them it's about you yeah, about it's you. only it's that you don't like yourself and it shows up as not liking them it's like if you can admit that that's when you can make the progress like for me it was like I was able to kind of say once I was able to say that then I was like well that's awful let's unpack that and then you're like okay that's actually it's actually not that it's that I'm not liking myself right now and so how do we fix that I think kids are a real way that you can confront that head first because you can't run away. Whereas I feel like we go through that throughout our lives in relationships, romantic and friendships, but it's easier for you to be like, no, it's not me, it's them. Or I just don't like yeah. the way they're, you know, taking my energy, whatever it may be. It's easy to be like, it's, yeah. it's you default it to the other person because you can leave, you can run away. Whereas with your kids, you're forced to confront them head first because you can't go anywhere. You can't give them away, right? They're there. Yeah, of they're there. Yeah, and it's like, you're like, either I'm going to spend all of my years just like wishing them away and yeah. and regretting that I did that or I've got to do something to change this because yeah. this is not how I want to spend my days. Like I don't want to be excited for, like of course it's nice when you have a bit of quiet time and you're not, and you're not you know, you get a night with your husband or your partner or whatever. Like that's nice, but like at the at the crux of it, you know, it's really nice to be able to hang out with them all, and you want to get to that place. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode of What's on Your Mind. This is just part one of two of my conversation with Aaron Deering, the co-founder of Triangle. I hope you guys enjoyed it, regardless, and I'm looking forward to see you all return next Tuesday at 6 a.m. EST for part two with Aaron. So far, I mean, I hope you guys are loving it as much as I did because I was loving this conversation. It was right up my alley. It just, I don't know, it just felt like such a fueling, fulfilling conversation. So I hope you guys are enjoying it so far and make sure you come back for part two next week for another 45 plus minute episode. Okay, I will see you guys next week and I hope you have an amazing week in the meantime. Okay, bye. Bye.